0: Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Maya. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
0: Welcome to the Michael and Maya Show. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, so welcome to currently untitled M and M projects.
0: Our new podcast. Oh, yeah. Our new, our first episode. We're trying to come up with a name.
1: Yeah. So far, it's been a bit of a struggle. Well, so I don't know how like parents come up with names. their kids because it's like you get so hard to come up with a name for this podcast i'm like how do you name a whole like person
0: i know right i mean i just wonder if they're well i guess you have nine months
1: yeah but that's still well it's not really because you probably don't find out you're pregnant until a bit like into the pregnancy
0: yeah that's true or you could be like my grandmother who waited two weeks after she delivered
1: yeah yeah, see, that's how to do it. Honestly,
0: <laughs> take the pressure off. Well, I'm yeah. sure they were being pressured by whoever needed to fill out her birth certificate, like
1: probably, but like,
0: ma'am. But
1: what are they gonna do? Uh,
0: well, she gave her a heck of a name. I mean, she gave her her middle name is like a blend. In a long blend of mm-hmm. her two grandmothers' names, wow. so, she, cool. I mean, my grandma went to town. Cool. Well, she named her.
1: So we're thirty seconds in, and we've already gone off on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course. So to go back in to in- tr- tr- introduce ourselves, um, I'm uh, Michael Stefan.
0: Maya Buchanan. So okay. Michael and I have been friends for about two years even though it feels like we've been friends for our whole lives. So we wanted to make a podcast. And create a space to have weekly conversations about interesting things that affect people in our age group. Like, how do we define our identity? How do we transition out of college life? How do we deal with relationships that change?
1: How do we try to start... Professional, professional careers during the, the, the midst of um, the world ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, how way. do we, as young people, navigate a pandemic?
1: Yeah, all these questions and more. And uh, <laughs> the other thing that we wanted to do was we wanted to bring on friends of ours and other um, interesting guests. To talk with them about issues that they're passionate that they're passionate about, and share our perspectives on those uh, topics.
0: Pick and, their brain, God. same conversation.
1: That and finally, we are uh, so we're living in different parts of the country now and Midwest. Yeah, well, so we're living in, in different parts of the Midwest. Excuse me, <laughs> they didn't need to know all that. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm glad early on they'll learn what kind of relationship we have with each other
1: yeah pretty much but because we're not in the same town anymore we wanted an excuse to uh, still talk to each other and we're narcissistic enough to make a whole show about it
0: (laughs) yes because we think you'll find us to be interesting so I'm Maya, and um, I'm 23 I am a Pisces so shout out to any other Pisces um, I just graduated in December from the University of Iowa in African-American studies and international relations. I'm going into the Peace Corps. Hopefully one day I'll apply to law school at some point in a few years down the road.
1: Yeah, and uh, so like I said, uh, m- 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 uh, m- m- my name is m- m- Michael Steffen. I'm 21. I'm a uh, person who stutters. I'm currently a graduate student and uh, I'm hoping to do something in the humanities fields that makes the humanities more engaging and accessible through the use of t- technology.
0: Basically Michael has his life together and um,
1: well so you know what feel bad. well so you know what's the dream during- <laughs> These times, I feel like no one has anything together anymore.
0: No, we don't. It's
1: just over.
0: Everything's so different. I know. I was supposed to be in the Peace Corps. Yeah. I know.
1: So on that note, welcome to our show. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Welcome. So for our first episode, we thought that we would have a little get to know us introduction um, before we jump into some of the bigger issues that we want to talk about on the show. Um, so in order to do that, we've kind of decided to ask each other a few questions and, you know, have a candid conversation about the responses. Yeah. So, well,
1: yeah, since we want to bring on guests on to our show and we thought a good way to start off the podcast would be to have the, the first guest be ourselves.
0: Michael, that was great. That's a great okay. way to pitch that.
1: So, why you got to act surprised.
0: I'm always surprised when you come up with something good.
1: Well, ain't that the wire.
0: <laughs> okay, so Michael, when we first met, I was maybe only aware of your stutter for the first five, ten minutes upon meeting you. Um, over the course of our friendship, though, I have noticed that your stutter is an aspect of your life that you might want people to be aware of in some way or another, especially when they first meet you. So give me a list of three things that you wish people would stop doing once they were made aware of your stutter and how these things affect you.
1: Well, so really, it's not so much a list of three things, but there is one big thing that I find pretty annoying. (laughs) um, Well, so the, the thing that sometimes happens to me when I either tell people that I stutter or that they hear that I stutter. And and it's usually always men that do this and and men with an inflated sense of self, Mm. Mm -hmm. they always ask me, well, so have you you ever thought about just like speaking slower? Ah. And I'm like, no, sir in the whole <laughs> twenty plus years of life that I've been stuttering, <laughs> I have not ever thought of that and no one else has ever told me that before. Thank you for that valuable insight. My stutter and all of the emotional baggage associated with it is now gone. Ugh That's
0: yeah, so it's, gross.
1: Yeah, well yeah, well that and the thing that that I wish that people understood when they just said like, well the simple fix solution to stuttering is just to speak slower. It's like, well, if I spoke like this, that sounds weird too. It's like, that doesn't sound natural. Right. And the other thing that I realized through years of speech therapy, shout out, go and (laughs) uh, go support is um, that speaking is so enjoyable. It's so much fun to speak and communicate Mm-hmm. with uh, with other people, and stuttering isn't something that makes speaking unenjoyable. Un- the goal with speech for me now isn't to be stutter-free, it's to be struggle-free. Mm-hmm. So it's not to have as much physical tension, or it's not to get stuck on blocks, but stuttering can still be present, and speech can still be enjoyable and fun. Because really, I feel like when people tell me to s- slow down mm-hmm. my thought now is like, well, are you asking me to do that to help me, or are you asking me to do that just so that you don't have to hear my stutter and you don't have to deal with it that comes with that? Right. And that sounds like a lot of work for me to do where I reap none of the benefits. Right. And currently in the, the in the middle of a recession, I'm not in the mood for doing work for free. So <laughs> I'm not doing that. Which should never
0: work for free.
1: No, which which brings me to my next point is if you're listening to this and my stutter bothers you that much, um, feel free to send me a check for each episode and I will (laughs) do my best to not stutter because then it's not free labor. It's work that you're paying for. So if you're bothered, send me a check.
0: Exactly.
1: So Maya, you are half Iranian and half black. Uh, what do you wish people understood about being biracial?
0: Being biracial. It's kind of this weird thing that as a child, I didn't totally acknowledge at all. Um, I understood that most people would see me as a black girl. And I think that's what I, what was easiest for me to, find myself identifying as i think as i've grown i can tend to be a little bit racially ambiguous which tends to increase the questions like what are you what is your nationality which is incorrect and irritates me a lot mm-hmm. because i am an american
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you can ask me what my ethnicity is that's cool. Um, I was raised to have a lot of respect um, and understanding for my dad's culture and heritage and my mom's culture and heritage. I was raised in the US, but my mom did instill a sense of pride and and respect in Iranian culture. Um, I think in the US we're focused a lot in identifying people by different things, specifically appearance. So appearance generally has a lot to do with racial identity. And we have a tendency to assume walking down the street, this person is of this pigmentation, they're white or black. And so I think my struggle has been that balance of appreciating both of my parents backgrounds and understanding that I have this blend especially when I was doing a lot of ancestral research I was kind of made aware of how different but how beautiful both of these sides are my mom comes from aristocracy and my dad comes from you know a harsh history of enslavement in the U.S. Mm -hmm. so um I guess I wish that people understood that being biracial is just that. It doesn't make me less or more of one thing or another. It just makes me a blend of both things and that my identity is mine and it's for me to decide where I belong, how, if I want to identify as black, I will. If I don't, I won't. And it's, I mean, I guess I just wish that people would understand that it's on me to choose to say I'm biracial or um, not.
1: Well said, Maya.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, one of the funniest moments that I remember about our friendship and one that I tell people Often it was early on. I was trying to get to know you better in your life, and uh, I very ignorantly asked you about dating and if you were dating, like you know, what's her name, or you, what, you know, women. And you turned to me very <laughs> endearingly and funny and said, "My, I definitely practice the homosexual lifestyle." I was so embarrassed and like, how could I miss this? just felt so ignorant. But it's definitely a moment for the books, a funny one. So, many people I know who've come out explain coming out as a lifelong process or deal. Do you agree? Was that your experience?
1: I would say that I agree that coming out that coming out is a la 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 la, la, lifelong process. Just because whenever you meet new people or you're in a new social situation, it might require you to either come out to those people or to talk about dating or to talk about what uh uh to talk about your your Row romantic life because mm-hmm. the, that's a pretty common topic of conversation for getting right. to to know other people and really and mm-hmm. relating to other people. Uh for me uh the, the coming out process was pretty positive and I'm very fortunate and lucky for that. It was came out as a teenager and my parents were supportive and Mm -hmm. that was all lovely um i'd say that the best thing for me to come out of that was that was that once i was more honest with them and myself about my sexuality i just felt like a huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders and i was like oh if i can be honest about this then i can be honest about a lot more things that don't carry as much weight and I feel like it has helped me to become a more confident and, like, uh less stressed out person.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Especially because the biggest advice I guess I could give to someone coming out is, one, like, try to gauge the situation before coming out and be like, is this going to be safe for me? <laughs> right. Because when I came out, I was, like, pretty sure that the response would be, be positive, but For me, there was sort of a voice in the back of my head being like, mm, this might not, like, you think you're pretty confident that it's it's going to go one way, but then you go on Google for five seconds and you read all these stories about how these kids thought they had super accepting parents, but then it turns out that they turned them out or abused them afterwards or did all these horrible things to them. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, so, uh, so I recommend doing it in a safe environment and having a plan for afterwards in case things don't go as well as you had hoped. Like whether that's, I'm going to, before coming out, talk with friends who already know and be like, well, if things go south, I'm gonna come to you or figuring out what resources are available in your community to uh, to uh, access them. For afterwards, that's
0: right.
1: Yeah, but overall, when becoming out experience is positive, it just feels so freeing and and, and uplifting. For for me, it was really good.
0: Yay! That's yeah. good sound advice too. I think. <laughs>
1: So we've uh, talked a bit about what we are currently doing with our lives, but you're someone who has a uh, – you're someone who's very goal-oriented and you have uh, a lot of things that you want to accomplish in your life. And so I was curious, uh, where do you see yourself in five years?
0: the age old question yeah. where do you see yourself in 5 years, five years. yeah so obviously yeah when i'm old dusty and crusty um so obviously i am in as we well maybe it's not obvious but i mentioned it once before uh i'm an invitee volunteer to the peace corps so i have an assignment and I was supposed to leave August 16th, 2020, but you know, the pandemic hit and they were like, hmm, maybe not. So they've delayed my departure a year and um, the Peace Corps is a two-year commitment and my deployment would be to Zambia. Um, So that's about the next three years. And then at some point, when I, I'm hoping before I leave, I can take the LSAT because that test score will be good for five years. But if not, whenever I get back, I will take the LSAT, apply to law school and, you know, at some point become a lawyer in the next, well, I guess that's a little bit over five years because law school is three years. So we're looking at about a seven year schedule right now. Um, I'm interested specifically in um, criminal defense. I have done a lot of research and learned a lot through college about mass incarceration and its effects on the black community. It's an issue I would like to have the legal knowledge to combat, um, especially having the ability to aid in dismantling laws and acts like the war on drugs that fuel mass incarceration at alarming rates. Um, I also just care to be a dedicated attorney that takes on cases that, you know, would normally be given to a public defender who's swamped and doesn't have the time to dedicate to a person who can't afford a lawyer that has a you know 10 person team to do hours of discovery mm-hmm. so yeah that's the idea hopefully yeah.
1: that's really great
0: <laughs> thank you thank you Michael it's so good to have your approval
1: well yeah it's something that you desperately crave and need so I'm oh, glad to give it yeah. out
0: yeah right okay mm-hmm. So, um, a funny question. Uh, this was actually Michael's idea.
1: Switching gears a bit.
0: Yeah, switching gears a bit. Flipping
1: the script on y'all.
0: Taking our foot off the gas of the serious train. Um, that was a terrible joke. Oof.
1: Was that a joke?
0: No, but it was. Uh, okay. Well. Moving on. Okay. Cut. So. <laughs> cut <laughs> so. that out. <laughs> So Michael, um what is your favorite celebrity animal?
1: okay, I have a very strong opinion about this. My favorite celebrity animal is Fiona the hippo. she's a hippo at the Cincinnati Zoo basically if you're unfamiliar with Fiona's story, she was a uh, she was i think the, the smallest baby hippo born in captivity, and when she oh, was really? born, yeah she, there was yeah, that might not be true, but she's The record for something, like where basically when she was born, the zoo didn't quite know what to do with her and she was super small and they weren't sure if she was going to make it or not. But because the uh, uh, zookeepers took such good care of her, the uh, caretakers, she is currently alive and she's doing well. She's with her mom. And yeah, and the Cincinnati Zoo yeah, I know. She's great. And the Cincinnati Zoo Twitter uh, frequently posts pictures of her. And she's Aww. very funny and very cute. And I uh, love her all a lot. So That's if you so like... cute. Yeah, so if you like cute animals, go check out Fiona the Hippo. This is uh, non-spawn, but I just really like her.
0: <laughs> Fiona the Hippo, everyone.
1: Fiona the Hippo.
0: Check her out. She deserves it.
1: She really does. Oh, and so, Maya, to follow that back to you, who's your favorite celebrity animal?
0: My favorite celebrity animal is Coco the gorilla. And if you don't know Coco the gorilla, you need to watch the documentary about her because she is a winner. Um, so she was a gorilla. Unfortunately, she passed away. Um, But she was a gorilla in the San Francisco Zoo who was used in an experimental study by a PhD student to teach her sign language. And she learned. She learned, I I don't know. I I mean, I think she did learn the entire sign language um, dictionary. Mm -hmm. But she was able to communicate with her handler and um she ended up having a playmate named Michael who also learned sign language anyway if you haven't seen the documentary on Coco she is amazing she's funny and um definitely will pull on your heartstrings
1: well yeah, she was shady too, I think, because I think that, like at some point there was like some Twitter video of her like um insulting that one person's hair because she's like you got to brush it out.
0: <laughs> yes, she was funny. Yeah, she's she 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 was funny and she definitely uh it just it was so cool because you gained a little bit of insight into how you know a gorilla or Coco really individually thought, look up Fiona, look up Coco, have a good time. Okay. So, um, Michael, uh, you're a master's student. Mm -hmm. What led you to believe that history, archival studies, you know, working as an archivist, would be your lifelong career?
1: Yeah. Well, so currently my long-term career goals are to do something in the archival or re- related field and preserving um, in uh, preserving history and promoting the education of the of the humanities. And the reason that I'm so passionate about that is because I really think that the a lot of the times it's a field that can be undervalued. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason that the humanities are so important is because it's the field that teaches us about different cultures, about helping us to better understand other people, about helping us to better understand ourselves and our past. And I think that um, a conversation that people are having more more now are related to uh, representation in the media, and how do we help more people see more versions of themselves on screen, so that way they feel uh, uh, that way they feel uh, that, so that way they feel less uh, ostracized. For me, I'm a big okay. b- believer in that major source for where people can see those representations of themselves of themselves are in uh, are in history. And by that, I mean that that can happen in like, in a larger narrative of national and international history, but that can also happen at the local level in community York. Yeah. What I'm trying to do now is I think that for the future of the field, technology and the digital humanities incorporating uh, digital tools is going to be a m- major way that artifacts are both preserved and how the public interacts with Mm -hmm. those objects. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to learn more about now. And that's why I care about it.
0: Thank you. Digital humanities is definitely a cool growing field that I'm interested to see manifest um, into careers today.
1: I also like digital, the digital humanities just because they can encompass so much. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the definition of digital humanities, is like, it's kind of debated upon. Of like, well, right. so it's actually this. But for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not sit that much into into the whole uh, gatekeeping of it. Like, it's, it's whatever.
0: <laughs> it's whatever.
1: Yeah, it's whatever.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: It's whatever. <laughs> that's, that's whatever diva
0: uh.
1: so something else that I want to ask you is you are a very uh, self-motivated person you're a person who when uh, you're just a person who always wants to be involved and is always trying to go after the next thing you are the impetus for this podcast because you were like uh Got this time, and I want to feel productive and like I'm contributing to something bigger than myself. So let's get this thing started. And, uh, yes, you're <laughs> a big inspiration for me of like, okay, I can keep doing stuff and Yay. go after my goals because you're so involved. And so, I wanted to know what motivates you? Huh,
0: what's a motivator? So, my mom always told me and my siblings that the best way to make change in your community and society is to make sure that you better yourself along the way in all aspects of your life, physically, emotionally, intellectually, all the above. So there are a lot of things that motivate me, but the thing that I think will motivate my lifelong career is my major and all the things that I learned where I decided what I wanted to do with my life has been a big motivator. Um, African-American studies has taught me a tremendous amount about Black history and Black culture and the things that I've learned from my major have ignited a passion um, in me that's led me to Figure out that law is probably the best way to go. I'm, you know, a pretty good debater. I can have a conversation. I can talk forever. Um, there are a lot of issues that <laughs> case point. Yes, there are a lot of issues that um have faced the black community throughout history and have molded and manifested in different ways that, um, you know, continue to sort of plague. The Black community in the U.S. today. I want to use the privilege that I'm, you know, I've been given by my family to further my education and gain the tools or more tools to be a part of a change that I think is brewing now uh, that ultimately dismantles systemic racism in the U.S. I'm motivated.
1: Very good. Very thank, you. Thank, that's, you.
0: That's thank you, thank you, thank you. Snaps for me. Thank you. I'm just kidding. Snap it out. We don't have savior complexes on this show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's <made> very clear. <laughs> uh.
0: Okay, so um, to end our little back and forth series final round. with uh, yeah, final round um, on a fun note, Michael is a bit of a cinephile. Um, Try to be. Yeah, try to be. Well, I think you are. So, you made me go see that. Was it a thrasher, a slasher film?
1: I, so, okay, so. film scene? Yeah, so my favorite type of movie is, I like B-movies, campy movies. And my favorite subgenre in that is I love a good teen eighties horror movie.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: those favorite are one. Fun. Go favorite one of those? Uh, Sleepaway Camp.
0: Oh gosh! It's, yeah, no, it's that sleep, movie yeah. was disgusting.
1: No, it's okay for, for those of you that don't know it. It's free on YouTube. It's only like eighty minutes. So if you have a free Friday night, I encourage you to sit down and watch that movie. It's basically a mix between Psycho and Friday the, the 13th. Um, it's one of the best worst movies you'll ever see. It's very <laughs> funny, but it also has, I think, genuinely very good uh, practical and special effects. Like in the makeup department, I think that the kills are creative. Um, yeah, it's not so much like a horror movie, it's more a black comedy, cause it's very, very funny. <laughs> Sometimes for the right reason, sometimes for the wrong, but that's my personal favorite. I encourage you to seek it out if you're
0: also tough. I guess one thing person. about Michael that everyone should know is that he will never recommend a movie to you that is longer than 90 minutes.
1: No, okay, so here's the thing. The worst thing in the history of the world, and I'll go on record saying that, is movies <laughs> that are over two hours. I can't stand up.
0: like we know
1: like if your movie is over 90 minutes it means that you couldn't edit it properly which cut to this (laughs) podcast being like five hours long
0: (laughs) exactly but i'm just
1: the yeah
0: we know so if you haven't seen sleepaway camp check it out it's michael's suggestion
1: yeah Yeah, yep it's free on youtube so go see it (laughs) and uh So Maya, so the last question I have for you is you're a very creative gift giver. And to phrase it that way, and you've given me some great gifts over the years from blankets to a somewhat embarrassing frame picture.
0: It's not embarrassing. It's one of the greatest photos we ever took.
1: Well, so it can be both. So with that in mind, uh, what's the best gift that you've ever given someone?
0: Well, um, so I went out of my comfort zone with the last gift that I gave you, and I made you a blanket, a tie blanket. But the part that made me go out of my comfort zone was I cannot sew. I don't sew well. I don't really understand sewing. Um, You know, I did the two-day tutorial in middle school home ec, but I don't know how to sew, but I wanted to make it special and a little bit personalized to you because every time you came over to my apartment, you were stealing my blanket. So I was like, "Well, I need to make Michael one of his own.
1: So I was borrowing it for the night.
0: Right. So I thought it'd be cool if, because the blanket had very, non-descriptive colors like just very plain colors I wanted to make it more personalized so you'd always know what blanket was yours uh so I figured out that cutting your um well the stencil the stencil is the difficult part about your initials I thought that maybe I needed to buy stencils and then I was like no I can just print them on word so I sewed your initials into your blanket, which was cool. Yeah. Learned something along the way. Yeah, it's um, still like a good blanket. So yeah, so
1: it, to this day, very warm.
0: It's. it's I will not be making everyone blankets, but that Please was a tweet good Maya
1: to make you to oh, uh, have her make you a blanket.
0: That might, you know, that might not result in anything because i don't get on twitter at all well um (laughs) so that was a good gift or i i don't remember how i thought about this but my dad is a surgeon and i think i saw somewhere that the surgeon had a bobblehead of his picture or his bobblehead on his desk. And I thought that that would be a great Father's Day gift for my dad. So I had my siblings pitch in and we got him this molded bobblehead for his desk, picture of him. Mm -hmm. So that also I think might've been a really good gift.
1: Cool. 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 Sounding good. Yeah. Yeah. For the record, even though you didn't ask me, the best gift that I've given is um, a pillow with that same picture of our two (laughs) glasses on it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So basically Michael decided to copy me. Um, I had given him a framed photo of a picture of the two of us. And the next I don't know if it was my birthday or Christmas or what, but I you decided that the best gift to give to me in return would be a pillow, a throw pillow with that same picture. Mm-hmm. It is so cute. It is the only throw pillow I put on my bed. Yeah. So it was definitely a great gift.
1: Yeah, it's soft. It's
0: good you sized. Me?
1: Well, no, it's inspired.
0: <laughs> okay, I like that. So that is our show for today. Um, first episode. First, first episode. one done. Here first in go. the books. Yeah. Next week, we are inviting our friend Essence on the show.
1: They're a hoot and a half, so stay tuned for that.
0: Um, thank you for listening. Uh, we're excited to continue with new and interesting topics that hopefully are applicable to your life and if not something
1: that you find at least mildly entertaining
0: right and would want to maybe stick around and learn more about thanks everyone see you next week
1: bye bye
0: bye